0: All right. Thanks again to our great underwriters. And now, with our top-of-the-hour housekeeping activities done, it's time to meet two of tonight's storytellers. Let's welcome Angela Matthews and Jesse Duthry. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having us.
0: Yes, and um, you're both telling stories tonight. Um, I think we'd just like to kick it off if you could give us just sort of the thumbnail sketch the elevator speech about who each of you are
1: uh, sure uh, my name is jesse duthry um i'm 28 i live in dover new hampshire um i've just finished up my second year of graduate school university of new hampshire's creative writing program and uh yeah i found this place at uh three i found uh true Tales radio when i was at 3s art space and i kind of caught a reading and since then i've uh, just been interested in doing some reading myself Okay, great. And Angela,
0: welcome.
2: So I'm on the other end of that spectrum. I'm retired now. I've been living in Portsmouth and in New Hampshire since the early 1970s when I came to take a job in the school department. So uh, I've always loved storytelling, listening to The Moth and to um, This American Life, and now listening to WSCA and really enjoying the stories people tell about their lives and the insights it gives you to the world around you and the people around you. Right.
0: And both of you are telling a story here on True Tales Radio for the first time tonight. So, you know, we want to just stress to folks, it's not Mm -hmm. all just experienced storytellers we have here. Everybody does it for the first time eventually. Um, Can you each tell us a little bit about what motivated you to tell a story tonight? you want to hit that
2: one? Sure. (laughs) All right. well, I've had this particular story mulling around in my head for a long time because it was um, an unforgettable moment in my life. And I've always thought that it had a kind of mystical quality that I'd love to share with other people. So that was the story that brought me to the first workshop about two months ago.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: And Jesse? Yeah, so I finished up my coursework for my uh, my MFA, and Master's in Fine Art and Writing and um, I went to a reading uh, series at 3S and I saw people not really reading off scripts or essays. They were just spontaneously telling a story they had in their head that they wanted to get off their chest. And what I've been doing the last two years is taking these ideas and, and making them very essayish and layered and, you know, like cerebral. And what I, was really, I really liked was just kind of the, the normalness of just telling a story for the sake of a story. So I took one of my essays that I'd written and I figured out how can I make this less of a thing that, that operates with your mind Becomes a thing that you understand with your ears, and so that process of transforming
0: something that seems a little heady to become something that is universal was really the uh, the appeal to me. Right, and um, you mentioned before that you you not only have you been in the UNH um, writing program, but basically you are a writer. Yeah, uh, more, I mean, I'm a copywriter
1: by day, but there's not a whole lot of creativity. I mean, <laughs> my bo- my boss is not Um There isn't as much creativity. <laughs> well, uh, well now
0: that. you've got to tell a little bit about that. It's <laughs> sort of like. Actually, if you've got storytelling skills and you're writing dry business copy, I mean, you're still having to tell the story of the business, aren't you?
1: Yeah, you are. I mean, some stuff is pretty cut and paste, like just get the words on there. Um, I do a lot of writing for for people's like biographies, short four paragraph biographies. And after about the hundredth one, you know, you could do it very regulated and very fast. But I get a real kick out of like figuring out new ways to say that this person went to college, right? Like you can always say he went to this college and graduated this year so many times before you go, all right, let me get creative with this and spice it up a little bit. So that's <laughs> that's the fun I get out of it. Throw a little fiction into their
0: lives, but- No, um, no, 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 I don't want to be held accountable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, always with the accountability. But you did, Jesse, say that, um, you, do you find it easier to write or to tell stories? Oh, right, definitely. Uh, This story that
1: I wrote, it came to me probably in the night where I was just sitting, you know, came home, had a few beers, and just sat down and wrote it. And I came, and I, I, you know, obviously revised it for class, but I came here to the workshop a few weeks ago, and I I realized that I learned more just standing up on that stage for five minutes. And the story got better in that five minutes than it had in weeks that I've been revising and working on it. Because it's no longer you're putting out there for the world. You're actually putting out there for 10, 15, 20 people who are looking at you and responding to you. And I could see where it was working, where it wasn't working, where it was too heady, where you know it just it wasn't sinking, and when you're writing it, I mean you have a sense of that, but you don't get the full grasp of it of your reader, not until the words are out there
0: right, right now, Angela, you began your career in the classroom, and I imagine that well, a teacher's got to tell a good story um <laughs> Do you have any storytelling <laughs> recollections from your first days in the classroom
2: oh? goodness, that was a while back. Uh, I do remember enjoying very much working with kindergarten first and second graders, and you do have to be able to keep their attention, and uh, I loved it, had a great time. But I I evolved into working in the nonprofit world and did a lot of writing in the nonprofit world, annual reports, you know, uh, proposals. It requires a tremendous amount of communication. And Uh, more recently have worked as a worship associate at South Church or volunteered and was on the worship associate team so I had an opportunity to do some storytelling as part of sermons that I wrote or as part of uh, the beginning of the worship service where the worship associate stands up and shares something about what's going to happen in this this Sunday at church and so all of that has evolved and kind of woven together uh, the storylines kind of float in and out of us, I think, and become part of material for other purposes. You know, the, our lives and, and who we are become part of the material that we communicate all, all the time. Um, my story is going to be very much a, a written and read story. You know, I really appreciate Jesse's jumping in and trying to tell the story not from the written word, which is very different than the story telling approach. So you'll get it tonight uh, two very different approaches because I will uh, I will have my story in front of me. And until I get a little bit more into the deeper water of this, I think I'm going to stick with my well, script.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the first time I told the story, which is the only time so far, again, it was I was, I come from a background where I write. Um, you know, it's corporate reports, things like that, uh, public relations. And it had to be written. I had to write it out to to really visualize it, mm. to see it, and um, no. As much as I rehearsed, it was like I need the paper.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny when I when I did my first draft and I read it off to it was it was the essay I read it off to my friends. They were looking at me like they were falling asleep, and one of them <laughs> was a really brazen guy. I was like, "That's not good." And I'm not saying it's great, but it's better now. But what happened was is um, then I started telling the story without any notes. And then I kept hearing myself go, uh, and so, like, trying to roll the story together through creativity. And I realized I need a good balance in between. So I took my last reading of it. I recorded it on my phone. Uh, that night, I typed up the way that I spoke without all the ands and ums and sos. And then what I found is I have more of it, less than anything is a script. That I could read word for word, but I want to have enough, you know, wiggle room to throw in tones and emotions, pauses, in a few words. If there's, you know, something that needs to be fixed on the spot, I can do that. Uh, but finding that middle ground was really important for me.
0: Right. It was like the days when you. It sounds like the days when you're watching live TV and they would say, "Let's throw away those cue cards." That's you never know, a to And, idea. and they, they, appro- yeah. they want to approach the audience. Yeah. Um, you know, Angela, you did mention that you you know you worked in nonprofits, you worked in development and in fundraising, yes, I and did. And you probably had to tell the story of the organization a lot. Um, How did you craft those stories, and did you did it change for different audiences?
2: <clears throat> That's a good question i don 't think it changed for different audiences. Part of being in the world of nonprofits is being a good listener. You have to be able to hear what people are saying and what 's important to them and to then find a way to touch somebody with uh, the story that you 're telling whether it 's where I started in the world of daycare. I ran, ran a child daycare center here. Uh, I raised funds for uh, the charitable Foundation in Portsmouth and, which did, had many purposes and uh, higher education scholarship. My last gig was probably the most fun. I worked on Star Island for six years. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out there for the summer, commuted by boat. It was great. But the stories of each of those organizations was unique and different. And people who were concerned about those purposes in the world were – Compelled toward the story, so it's sort of like a give and take with the audience and the teller. You know, there's a lot of joy and and uh, affinity for the stories that I was telling, so that was a good thing.
0: Right, and you know, and I will admit here, I've been to everyone's LinkedIn sites, so it you know to get a little background. And these days, everyone has some great websites. Jesse, you helped co-found an online journal that focused on criminal justice issues. When you were in um, connect tell us a little bit about that experience, and how did it, telling other people's real-life stories shape your desire to tell your own stories? Man, you really went heavy into that LinkedIn profile, huh? Oh, I that
1: go... That wasn't a casual glance. That was... Oh, uh, I go,
0: it's the... Um, <laughs> well, you know, if I come loaded for bear with the questions, uh, it avoids the 10 minutes in going, yeah. look, we got 10 minutes to fill. You asked the questions. I admire
1: the dedication. I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot more respect. You guys are on the ground. Um, yeah, so I, I went to Central Connecticut State University to round out my bachelor's degree in English and writing. And uh, my I think it was after my first semester, there's was a nonprofit there called the Institute for Municipal and Regional Policy, which sounds like a mouthful, but really they are in charge of helping create legislation in the state. Um, so they had an office on campus, they wanted to do something involved with the students. So they were creating, the head of the Creating Writing Department reached out to me and other students, said hey, you know these guys have a little bit of money, they wanna do something, are you guys interested? We said yes, we created this publication called Release News. Um, what to say about it, we covered social justice, uh, criminal justice issues throughout the state. So we started with recidivism, we went on to racial profiling, um, children with incarcerated parents, all these kind of things, women um, who are pregnant inside of women's correctional facilities. And we went throughout the state. We were in Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport, um, and all the small towns in between, Chester, and interviewed people, got their stories, what the problem was, where legislation could help maybe. We did interviews with national experts on the topics. And I was there for about two years. Uh, We covered about, I was there, I think 16 different topics. And it was, a, it was a really good experience to learn how to write and to actually talk to people who knew a lot more about something than I did. I can I can write about myself, but writing about the prison system or writing about what it's like to be incarcerated, that's something that I enjoy going out in the world and, and
0: learning about. Right. And also on that LinkedIn site, and, you know, it's pretty extensive. I give you credit. I mean, oh. both of you have great LinkedIn sites. Oh, thank you. Um, it's the... It said that you um, your graduate studies focused on creative nonfiction. And most people think of creative writing when they think of it, they think of fiction. And what draws you to nonfiction and real life uh, stories and real life writing?
1: Well, it's kind of an embarrassing story when I started at Central. <laughs> That's uh, why we're here. <laughs> well, I, I knew I wanted to write stories, but I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely certain the difference between nonfiction and fiction. I think I was like, I, I think I just kind of jumped and I took. Okay, that is embarrassing. And but then go I, was ahead. Like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, not fake, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I'll try this anyway. Um, it's not, uh, I mean, maybe I'm overselling that, but um, yeah. I, as soon as I got going on it, I really liked it. I felt like I had some stuff from the past I wanted to write about, um, some stuff that I wanted to interrogate within myself, kind of a deeper level of self-understanding. And then as I read more, I went out and read guys like Philip LoPate and John McPhee and um, all the kind of like the you know, E.B. White, all the classics of nonfiction writers. I just decided that you know this is something I could really get into as a way of exploring not only myself but the world around me. On much more profound way mm-hmm. than I was seeing it back then at 20 years old. Not to say that I have any profundity, but know, yeah, <laughs> I know that word now. So, that's a, that's
0: a yeah, difference. you know, and this is a, you know, you're looking for your future job. You know, this is a great chance to sell yourself, to market yourself. So, throw in all the big words, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, we also like, go get my syllabus. Sorry.
0: You know, uh, we do like to you know ask the folks we're interviewing to kind of um, kind of go back a little bit. In their lives and you know tell us um do you remember stories always playing a role in your life and um do you remember the first story that you remember as a child or the first story that stuck with you as a child
2: it's the thing you know there are probably a dozen that i could name but the one that just so you go with the thing that comes Mm -hmm. first the one that comes first is madeline um in two straight lines, they left the house except for Madeline. I don't know why that stuck with me, but it's been, it's been a story that's part of um, – that I always enjoyed as a child. I liked her uniqueness and uh, her capacity to be a little – willing to be a little bit different and, uh, and had this most amazing and wonderful personality and all of that. So that's the story that comes to mind for me, and uh, –
0: were stories a part of growing up for you, part of your family? Um... The,
2: the, the family stories that I carry and retell myself are uh, filled with potential for some me- memoir writing. One of the things that I'm drawn to here is to start actually sitting down and writing some of the things I've been thinking about, which are stories. They're beautiful stories about people that I've known and loved, many of whom are gone and, uh, deserve some recognition in my life and to, to leave that legacy of, here's what you forgot to ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just put it down on mm-hmm. paper and then you won't have to ask. So, Um, yeah, those stories are always there. They're kind of floating in and out of consciousness uh, every day. Something will remind you of a story that is really important to who you are or who I am.
0: And if you do um, decide to write that memoir and you need a ghostwriter, Jesse knows big words.
2: Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so impressed. (laughs) I'm so impressed by you, Jesse, listening to your interview. I'm thinking, this guy's really making so much sense. (laughs) It's totally awesome. And what you did with the uh, criminal justice system is really impressive. It's just great. Yes,
0: and Jesse has stories always played a role in your life and do you remember yeah, your as, first story it, that in-
1: well yeah as, as Angela was just speaking you said Madeline I mean that's such a classic right and I was thinking what's the early story and to me it's not books it's uh, movies you know it's uh Disney movies really stand out and the Wizard of Oz stands out and anything they would you know put in front of you when you're yeah. you know four or five years old that kind of stuff I don't really remember I mean the Berstein Barons um that was a big one in our house <laughs> and you know, every now and again I'll go home and I'll sit at the desk and I'll see a bunch of copies and pick one up and read it and you know, um, yeah, that's movies. That was definitely the one,
0: right? And did you have family stories passed down in your house as well, or to mean like folklore, like that we, folklore, or just the stories of that. grandpa and great grandpa and? Um,
1: not really. I don't think so. Um, yeah. No, I wish. Well, I think I get them more out of my parents. Well, my mom now um, that I'm getting older and I can understand sort of like the dynamics of her parents and her sisters. Um, who all, who are all I think very interesting people. Um, I think as a kid they're like, yeah, you know, Aunt Karen she does this with medicine, and I would go, okay, cool. Like I, I didn't really understand it until I got older, and then she would explain what it is, and I was um, a lot more interested. Yeah. But folklore and stories like that, now we don't really pass much down.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: do you have a favorite storyteller?
2: Wow.
1: Like, like, yeah. Oh, uh, Ted Conover is up there for me um he did a great reading i was just looking at npr he's talking about when he was working at uh, sing sing prison and he's talking about the um was it new year's eve and all the jailmates were lighting fires they were throwing stuff out of their cells and it was all smoky and the whole thing was about to burn down and if you know conover's story i mean this guy was a he's a journalist very good journalist but he likes to go and and work the profession as opposed to just sitting on the outside so he worked at sing sing prison for a little while and um wrote down his stories his book um uh uh, new, no, I can't remember the other book off the top of my head. Anyway, um, that was a great story. To me, he's a very fascinating storyteller.
2: I love Richard Russo and also uh, Elizabeth Stroud. I think they are great storytellers. I love reading their books, and uh, they're both fiction writers, but they write in such a way that brings the character's inner world to some clarity and gives some understanding of why are these people doing what they're doing? Oh, I get it, you know. <laughs> um, I love them as writers. I think they're terrific.
0: Right. And um, I know, Jesse, you participated in our workshop here. I did. Here. Yeah. Yes. Um, did, and did you, Angela? Yes, Yes. twice. And um, so can you tell us a little bit about that experience?
2: I'll go first on that. It's brief. Um, I, I actually wanted to have the chance to mention what a lovely community experience it is to come and even if you don't have a story to tell to be part of a group of people who are working on sharing stories uh, is just it was just so interesting and I'm really drawn to it it's been a great experience and I appreciate the fact that WSCA does this.
1: Yeah I would just chime in and say it's very supportive Um, when I went up there I was terrified and when it was time to give me feedback, everybody was very nice and you know told me things that I needed to hear, and then were very complimentary on the things that were working. Um, I, I think it's just instinct to be afraid of putting yourself out there when you're telling a story about yourself. You know, you're you're making yourself vulnerable. But mm-hmm. I, what I really liked here was just the comfort level that goes on, which is why I'm here tonight. I think.
0: Right, right, and um, so yeah, you would encourage folks to. I know that we have so many mm-hmm. listeners that go, "I have a great story," but. Um, I can't do this. Mm.
2: Absolutely, come and give it a try. I don't think you have to stand in front of the microphone and tell a broadcast story <laughs> till you're ready. But coming and being in the environment and getting comfortable with it is, um, just being here will help. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Sit in the back and hang out by yourself and be quiet. And you know, month by month, work your way up towards the front so you're ready to get on stage.
0: <laughs> hey, that's that's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you know, we did. I did see on your LinkedIn site that you also um, have an interest in civil rights, and you actually did some work for the Portsmouth Black Heritage Trail. And can you tell us a little bit, was it rewarding to, or do you find it rewarding to bring other people's stories or other people's history um, to the public's attention?
2: Uh, um, My role with the Black Heritage Trail is tour guide of the Black Heritage Trail, and I have learned so much about the resilience of those early African people and their capacity to endure, and to create community and take care of each other. And being able to tell that story to other people is really important to me. I'm totally inspired by the work Valerie Cunningham has done in Portsmouth. She's a treasure. She's a Portsmouth treasure. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And uh, and Jesse, yeah, you know, and this is our put you on the spot moment we love to do this no it's just earlier this year (laughs) no earlier this year this is kind of like where you get to go toe-to-toe earlier this year we had um author nicholas conley who later told the story um as one of our true tales radio interview guests and we threw out the offer because when i'm not doing true tales i'm doing audio theater where we also produce live radio theater and nicholas wrote a uh original radio play for us so we'll make the same offer to you um if you ever you know want to write a live radio play for us we will produce it okay yeah that'd uh, be great i'll uh yeah yeah, yeah i'll get definitely consider it that,
2: <laughs> get to work yeah
0: but yeah, well, you said yeah. you wanted to get involved with yeah, the I station do. no i do that yeah. sounds great um, yeah it's like okay i need a 28 page script i'd like it next monday oh, so i really should get <laughs> going right now I mean, time is ticking no, I would, I would love to give it a shot. That'd be great. All right, great. Yeah, well, we can, yeah, we're definitely talking later. Excellent. Um, you know, we're getting, it's a little past 6.30. We're getting close to the time where we need to switch over to um, True Tales Radio. But one last, any parting thoughts for us? Okay. Thank, thank you for they're, having they're, us. Thank so oh. you. Yeah.
2: Thanks, for, thanks yeah. for doing such a thorough job and yes. asking such interesting questions. That's great.
0: As long as you didn't get my social security number, <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, like I said, we'll talk later. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Angela. Um, thank you, Jesse, um, for being here this evening. And we look forward to hearing your stories later on in True Tales Radio. They'll be in the second half of the guests that you'll hear tonight.